Matthew 6. Let's look at verse 25 through 24. Verse 25 says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat or drink, or about your body, what you'll wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. So do not worry, saying, what shall I eat? What shall I drink? What shall I wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Let's, let's jump back up to verse 22 and 23, and let's just read that real quick. Actually, just 22. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. Father, in Jesus' name, help us today. I sense we've got a lot of worry warts in this house. And I get in line right there with them. Help us today, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Melissa. You know, those of you that have been with me for a little over, what is it, eight, seven, eight years now? Whatever. Many of you know, and I've said before, that I like to watch nature shows. I don't watch them much anymore because all the family just leaves when I turn them on. <laughs> hmm, maybe that's the way you get rid of them. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, uh, personally, I've always loved the lion. I mean, even me and my cousin, we used to play this imaginary game. And in the imaginary game, he was a doctor and I was his pet lion. So I really loved lions. And, and I guess it's because the lion was powerful and strong. But as I began to think about it, I mean, God gave the lion a, a very powerful jaw very sharp teeth. I mean, teeth so sharp and jaw so powerful that you're not talking about just cutting your flesh. You're talking about if it bit down on you, it would crush your bones. I mean, that's how powerful it is. God gave them a mouth to devour their prey and, and to defend themselves. And, and, and I mean, seriously, get this image in your mind. What good is a toothless lion? Seriously, what good is a toothless lion. I mean, when you see the cheetah, it has these powerful legs that have been clocked up to 75 miles per hour that if the lion, with the powerful teeth, was going to go after a cheetah, the cheetah could at least outrun the lion. Then you look at the elephant. The elephant just has massive weight and is huge and big. And, and watching these shows, you realize that God has kept the cheetah from extinction by giving him these strong legs. Looking at the elephant, you can see the elephant's mass and just how big he is. And, and the lion wakes up that day with those powerful teeth and he looks at the lion like, not today, just, just way, way too big. So, so the elephant survives, the cheetah survives, the lion survives. You look at the eagle. 
the majestic eagle that spreads its wings and flying through the air. I watch these shows and, and I actually question God. God, if you gave the eagle wings to soar above any storm that comes its way, if you have given the cheetah the speed to outrun anything that tried to devour it, if you've given the lion the mouth to go after its prey, and you gave the, the elephant weight, I thought to myself, God, what did you give me? Because I don't have the... Well, after the holidays, I got the weight of an elephant. <laughs> I don't have teeth as powerful as a lion. I don't have the legs that have the muscles that can run like a cheat. I don't have wings to, to soar over the storm. So I, here I am, Lord. What did you give me to protect me and to defend me? And the Lord told me, son, I gave you your mind. I gave you your mind. Because your mind is the only thing that you have that defends you against your environment. Against the elements, against the circumstances, against the situation, and against the trials. We can't outrun the other animals. We can't outbite the lion. We can't outweigh the elephant. I mean, think about it. The lion has been around for thousands and thousands of years and they never made a gun. The eagle that knows how to fly above the storm has been flying for thousands of years but it never made an airplane. Are you with me? But we did it as human beings with the mind. So I'm here today to tell you, if you're taking notes, point number one, church, in 2020, your mind must be your weapon. Your mind must be your weapon. It has to be your defense in 2020. Matter of fact, I, I've watched a lot of TV and I saw this man wrestling a crocodile and I thought, wow, how brave, how courageous to fight a crocodile and wrestle it to the ground. And then I looked a little bit closer and the, tape, the mouth was taped shut. And I'm like, I could do that. <laughs> because if you tape up the mouth of a crocodile, it's powerless. Right? They lose their power. If you lock down the wings of an eagle, it falls to the ground. If you muzzle the mouth of the lion, it cannot devour its prey. It might be able to scratch you real good. Has anybody ever seen an anorexic elephant? An anorexic elephant cannot defend itself because now it has no power. But God gave all of the animal kingdom elements in their life to survive. And the one thing I must have in 2020 is my mind. Amen? I don't know who said it, but somebody said the mind is a terrible thing to waste. And I began to think about it and I was like, you know what, a lot of Christians are wasting it. They're wasting their mind. I've seen a lot of people waste their mind in 2019. I'm not talking about to drugs. I'm not talking about the alcohol. I'm just talking about being stupid. The Bible said it is with the mind that we serve the Lord. The Bible says as a man thinks with his mind in his heart, so he is. There was a popular book by Joyce Meyer that she got millions of dollars of the battleground of the mind or the battlefield of the mind. And, 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 and it's true, the battlefield is in the mind because listen, if the enemy can have your mind, you're like the lion with no teeth, the eagle with no wings, the cheetah with no legs, and the elephant with no weight. Without your mind working for you instead of against you, you are helpless. And I'm going to be honest with you today. 
Confessions of a pastor. I struggle with this text. I really struggle with this text today. I struggle to even preach it to you because I don't know about your Bible, but my Bible had red letters. So that means these are the words of Jesus Christ. And what Jesus is saying to all of us in 2020 is, guys, chill out. And I'm not a chill out kind of guy. Matter of fact, if anybody were to label me, they label me a little, you're a little intense. Yes, I am really intense. And understand with me, church, that there are times that I have to preach things that I don't fully live up to. And today's one of them. So I must confess to you, I'm uncomfortable. Because if nothing else, your pastor is a visionary. My wife always tells me, honey, you always look 10 years down the road further than anybody else. Because that's what I'm doing. I always look 10 years down the road and it bothers me when Jesus says, do not worry. And what bothers me about it, it's hard to preach because when, the, when he says, do not worry, I think a lot of the problems in the church is because people didn't worry. Let me explain. It breaks my heart to go to McDonald's and see a feeble old man still taking out the trash because somewhere he didn't worry about his retirement. It bothers me to see people crippled by medical debt because they didn't even worry about getting insurance. So I do think a lot of the problems that we see in the church is people didn't worry. And then Jesus, when I read it, he said it four times because he knew that I was tone deaf. But he says, do not worry. Don't worry about what you're going to wear. Don't worry about where you're going to live. Don't worry about what you're going to eat. Basically, he is telling me, in all things, trust God, because even God clothes the lilies of the valley. He says, don't worry about the future. So today, I recognize that it's, it's not just about worrying about the future, but I think I, I will bring it to you that maybe it's perhaps how we worry about the future that really Jesus is trying to make a point here. Maybe Jesus is not telling us to be irresponsible about the future because the same Jesus that tells us do not worry, he also tells us that anyone that does not provide for his relatives, especially his own household, has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. The same Jesus that tells us do not worry, he told me over in the book of Proverbs to look to the ant, how the ant stores up from season to season to season. So it's hard for me. I struggle with the text when he tells me one thing and then he tells me not to worry. Anybody else in here but me ever worry? The rest of you are liars. Jesus is telling us not to worry. Because when we worry, it can lead to anxiety over things that haven't happened yet. Right? And full disclosure, I worry about things that haven't happened yet. I really do. Have you ever worried what could happen? Yeah. The rest of you, I know you're judging me, looking at me down your long, sanctified nose and go, he's not even qualified to be our preacher. He worries. Even Jesus said, oh, ye of little faith. Yeah, I worry. I'll have images in my mind of what could happen. I'll have images in my mind of what would happen. 
I have images in my mind sometimes of what might even happen. And I, I don't sit there and let it consume me, but I can't get rid of the images. And, and, and the Bible in the New Testament, not only does Jesus say do not worry, but it says be anxious about nothing. Really, nothing? Give me, give me something to worry about, Jesus. So do not worry, do not be anxious, do not worry, do not be anxious. Maybe Jesus is telling me, maybe this is what he's telling me. Write this in your notes. Son, don't use your mind against you. Don't use your mind against you. Because understand, if I were the enemy, I would want to kill you with your own weapon. And the one thing that God has given all of us in this room to fight back the devil, to fight back the circumstance, to fight back the situation, might literally have been fighting me all of 2019. Are you with me this morning? He says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Watch this. Let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God will guard. Somebody say guard. Our minds and hearts in Christ Jesus. Somebody say peace. How many of you want peace for 2020? If you're taking notes, write this down. There are three different kinds of peace. Okay? There's the peace of God. There's the peace with God, and there's the peace in God, P-E-A-C-E, okay? The peace of God is a peace that is not mine. It did not originate from me. It originates from God. It's, the, it's different than the peace with God, because peace with God is a theological term called justification, At once, before I gave my life to Christ, the sin that is in me was at enmity or at war with God. But when I asked Jesus to come into my life, the blood covered that. Are you hearing me? The sin, it covered that. Now I'm justified. Now I have peace with God. And that's why the Bible says, because the peace with God, I can approach the throne of grace to make my petition known. Are you hearing me? So there's peace with God. There's also peace in God. The peace in God, if there's no other peace anywhere in the world, I can at least get into the Word, get into worship, get into prayer, and get into His presence where I can find the peace in God. So sometimes what we have to do is we have to turn off F-O-X and turn off C-N-N and dial I-N-G-O-D. For those of you that can't spell in God. We got to get in God. Are you hearing me? So now, here's the deal. Is worry and anxiety ain't going to be taken care of in God or with God? That's not going to stop me from worry. What stops me from worry and anxiety is the peace of God. Because the peace of God is unexplainable. The peace of God makes absolutely no sense to me. It's the peace that passes all understanding. Peace of God did not originate with me. I know me. I would normally freak out over this. And you know, church, that you're experiencing the peace of God when you actually go through something, and many of you went through something in 2019, and normally you would freak out and act a certain way, but for some reason you just had a peace and you had a spirit that said, who cares? God's got this. 
People come up to you and go, you don't look worried at all over this. I'm not. I can't explain it. I don't know how. I I, 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 I guess I got to admit it. It don't bother me. Who cares? That's not your peace. That's the peace of God. The peace of God removes all upset attitudes. He gives you what's called divine peace. The peace that passes all understanding. The peace that makes no sense. It's a peace that ignores the problems. It ignores the doctor's report. And sometimes it even ignores the bills. But God gives you a peace in any situation where you say, you know what? No matter what's happening around me, I will come forth out of this as golden. Can you give him praise in this place? I don't know about you, but I want that for 2020. That kind of peace, that kind of peace makes me lie down beside still waters. That kind of peace makes me lie down in those green pastures. And that's what we all need for 2020. Because when the Bible says that it passes all understanding, it passes problems in my house. Not that I ignore them, I just don't let them get to me anymore. Are you hearing me? It passes that situation with my kids. Not that I ignore it, I just don't worry about it. When all hell is coming against me, that peace passes that too. Even though I know the enemy's trying to destroy me and take down my mind, the peace, the divine peace that he gives that passes all understanding, the Bible says it guards. Somebody say guards. It guards my mind and it guards my heart for the year 2020. Do y'all know what a guard is? A guard says, stop. A guard says, I arrest you. A guard says, you cannot come any further. And the peace of God guards my mind. It says, go no further. That worry can go no further. The peace of God says nervous breakdown, you can't have her. The peace of God, it guards me from throwing in the towel and giving up. The peace of God guards me from that anxiety and keeping me up at night. With that peace of God in 2020, we need that peace. Because there are going to be things that will affect you. But with the peace of God, it won't affect you like it did in 2019. Not because I'm strong, but because the Bible says I'm guarded. I'm guarded. My mind and my heart are guarded. And see, the enemy, whether you realize it or not, just because we come into a new year, he's not like, oh, they got resolutions. Oh, no. No, he's still on the war path. He still wants to pull your teeth. He still wants to pluck your wings. And he still wants to cut off those legs. But in 2020, I shall have the peace of God that makes me hear a song down deep in my spirit. I got a feeling that everything's going to be all right. The Holy Ghost done told me everything's going to be all right. So anxiety and worry can't have me because I have a peace that passes all understanding and my mind and my heart are guarded. Can you give him a praise in this place? Can I go a little bit deeper? He says, do not worry about what I shall eat, what I shall drink, or what shall I wear. Sometimes I like Jesus. Don't you know we got mortgages down here? Anybody got a mortgage payment? Yeah. I mean, mortgage payments 
make you get up and go to work with the flu. Mortgage payments don't make you drink from that little cup that comes with NyQuil. It's bottle to mouth. I got to get through this week. Because the mortgage payment's going to come whether you got the flu or not. So I'm like, Jesus, don't you know that we got bills to pay and things to do down here? But then he tells me your heavenly father knows that you're in need of them. So I find rest because I looked at my kids and my kids never worry about the lack of food being in that refrigerator. And they don't care how much it costs either. They just know when, Mama, two packs of muffins, please. Mama goes and gets those two packs of muffins. We're trying to stop that habit, by the way. They just know if they ask, they're going to get it. Why? Because they got a father, me, that provides for them. And you've got to understand in 2020, you've got a father that provides for you too. In other words, none of us in this room... We're not in this thing by ourselves. It may have felt like it in 2019, but understand you're not in this by yourself. He knows what you're in need of. He created you with needs, and He promised that I would fulfill all of your needs. Somebody say all. And the last time I looked, all is still all. You've got biological, you've got emotional, you've got psychological, and you've got spiritual needs. And he said, if it is a need, my son, if it is a need, my daughter, I promise you I know it and I will fulfill that need that you've got. Can you give him praise? Some of you in this room, you're going through something right now. Your father knows it. Some of you are going through marital problems right now. Your father knows it. Some of you got something going on in your body right now. Your father knows it. And the fact that the Bible says, it says, In vain you rise up early and you stay up late, toiling for food and to eat. And the Bible then says, For he grants sleep to those that he loves. What he's trying to say, if I love you because you're mine, don't you stay up late worrying and being anxious over things that haven't even happened yet. Can I set you free today? I've been serving the Lord for a long time. Sometimes, you know, I tell my wife what we're going to talk about and sometimes she disagrees. But I've just come to the realization... If God doesn't work it out, can I give you a revelation? If God doesn't work it out, it ain't going to work out. I hate to bust the bubble for you. But if God doesn't work it out, it's not going to work out. If God doesn't fix that thing you want fixed, it ain't going to get fixed. I got news for you too. If God hasn't healed that thing yet, it may not get healed. But even if he doesn't move in our life, he sent his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to die on the cross that we might forever be with him. The Bible says, why do you rise up early? Why do you stay up late? Basically, it's saying, why are you consumed with worry? It says, get some rest. Your father knows what you need. And I'll tell you why some of you in this room don't get any rest and you wake up in the middle of the night. It's because the enemy is tying up your mind. Somebody say, my mind 
is my power for 2020. Look around in this room. Everything in this room, the pews, those tables, those communion plates were thought up by a human being. Every piece of clothing that you're wearing, and I hope everybody's wearing clothing in here today, it was thought up by somebody. I've never seen a mouse build a building. I don't see giraffes going through McDonald's going, I'd like a number three. That was my, the head dipping to the speaker. The reasons that we have advances in our society today is because our mind is very powerful. And if I were the enemy, if I wanted you to be powerless, I would worry you to death. I would worry you to death with so much on your mind that you lose your power, that you lose your passion, And when you lose your power, and when you lose your passion, I have stolen your hope. The Bible says do not grow weary. The weary, if you study that word, it's the sense of pleasure that's exhausted from somebody. If I were the enemy, I would stop your life from being fun. If I were the enemy, I would make you so miserable with all the stuff that God gave you. The enemy cannot stop God from giving you stuff, but he can make you miserable in that brand new bed that he gave you in 2019 to where you can't get no sleep in that nice Sleep number bed that cost you $25,000. Anybody got a sleep number bed that costs that much? I want to come try it. The enemy, his desire, look, he can't take your stuff, but he can make your mind to where you can't enjoy the stuff. And I came by to tell you, and I hate to be a Debbie Downer, and I know you wanted to be encouraged for 2020, but I I told my wife, I'm going to have more truth and less, what did I say? Less compassion for stupid people. I think that's what it was. That that, that, that was my goal for 2020. But but I came to tell you, listen, listen, the enemy is after your mind in 2020. I have news for somebody. Somebody's car is going to break down. I'm sorry to tell you, the pipes might burst in your house. The HVAC may go out this year. You may be threatened on your job, and you may lose your job. But let me tell you something. The devil don't drive. The devil don't want your job. He don't care about your HVAC. But he uses those things to go after your mind to where you worry about it. Well, Pastor, I don't worry about no HVAC or what I drive or any of that mumbo jumbo. Okay, what do you care about? Because whatever you care about, he will go after it in order to tie up your mind. And he wants to tie up your mind so that you'll lose your power. But then I read, do not worry. 
Understand, you can be so into the possibility of what could happen tomorrow that you miss the pleasure of today. You could be so engrossed with your thoughts and your worry of what could happen that you don't embrace what is happening. And I'm guilty of that. Why? Because the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And could the enemy be stealing our today from the worry about tomorrow? Couldn't he be threatening you with things that could happen in the future so much so that you don't enjoy the very life that God has given you today? So the key that I think for all of us in what Jesus was saying in this conversation is that verse that I read beforehand, and I know it's in the context of money, but but I think it's applicable for everything. He says, if your eyes are healthy, he says, your whole body will be full of light. That's weird to me. If my eyes are healthy, my whole body will be full of light. Why is he talking about eyes and worry? What do eyes and worry even have to do with each other? See, as a pastor, it's not that your pastor understands the text, and this will help you when you do Bible study. It's not that you understand the text. It's the questions that you ask of the text. When you start asking questions of the text, it opens up an avenue of communication with the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit begins to explain the text. So I ask crazy questions like that, and it says, if your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of eyes. Then he's telling me, don't worry. And if we use our intellect and the power of our mind in 2020, what causes the eyes to be healthy? That was a question. Focus. If you went to the eye doctor tomorrow and said, Hey doctor, I'm seeing double vision. He'd say your eyes are unhealthy. Because what they try to do is they try to get your eyes back into focus. Are you with me? Here's the deal. It says if your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. If I took off my glasses, I wouldn't, I I can't even see y'all's faces. I can barely see, who are y'all? No, Harry and Deb's, I, I know it's Harry and Deb because I can see it. Uh, uh, I cannot see the features of their face. But when, y'all are still there, but y'all are all out of focus. So when I put these on, everybody comes back into focus. And Jesus is telling me, do not worry. And I believe what Jesus is trying to tell all of us for 2020, if you want to write this down, don't be distracted. Don't be distracted. In 2020, we cannot live our lives out of focus, church. I've seen many of you touched by the hand of God in 2019. You've been touched by Him, but I can look at some of you and tell you ain't been all the way cleared up. (laughs) Got quiet in here now. Some of your opinions, some of your attitudes, 
some of your reactions, some of your uh, uh, decisions? Can we just admit they're not as sharp as we would like them to be? They're not as Christ-like as we would like them to be? Do we have any real people in this house today that can admit I haven't been 100% Christ-like? Okay, I've marked all those that didn't raise their hand. You've got to watch out for them. They think they're all that in a bag of chips. Look, 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 the body says if our lives are out of focus, if our lives are out of focus, then our body is not full of light. If our eyes are out of focus, then our decisions are not smart. If our eyes are out of focus, then we really can't see the details and use the discernment of the Holy Spirit and will continue to make dumb decisions from not seeing clearly in 2020. And you know me, I love you. And I want you to make good decisions. So I ask the question, if my eyes are healthy, then my body is full of light. What are you talking about? And the Holy Spirit said, Son, don't you remember that the entrance of my word gives? The entrance of thy word gives light. In 2020, I know I've been preaching this forever, but I'll keep preaching it until you get it. We've got to get into God's word. And when we get into God's word, that brings focus into your life. Look at your husband and say, focus. I'm glad all of you did it, even though I was pointing over there to... (laughs) Has anybody ever been out of focus? Made a dumb decision? Then God stepped in and corrected that thing? And then you're like, why in the world did I even ask him to do that when he had this all along? Why in the world was I whining about that when he had my back? Why in the world did I do that? Why in the world did I date him? (laughs) And all the single women like, preach it, brother. (laughs) I'll set you free. I'll be honest with you. Our prayer should be, God, in 2020, deliver us from blurry moments. God, deliver me from blurry moments because blurry moments rob me of my power. And Jesus said, if your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light and the entrance of my word gives light. I don't know if we have any photographers in here, but back in the day when I had my dad's uh, camera, uh, there's this little like red box inside of the lens, and if I just put that box on the subject, then then I, I, I focus that little box part, and all of the peripherals in that camera got into focus. So when Jesus is saying, do not worry, he's saying, do not focus on the peripherals of your life. Why? Because the trick of the enemy is to get you to focus on the uh, peripherals. And what God's talking about here is the peripherals of provision. Don't focus on the peripherals of life. Here we are anxious. Here we are stressed over the peripherals and over the, the provision. But Jesus is telling us if you focus on your purpose, provision and peripherals will come. I've had many people in my office going, 
Pastor, I'm trying to find my purpose. Well, I'll tell you what your purpose is. Your purpose is to focus on the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things that you're looking for and searching for will come into place and you'll know what you were created to be. The main thing is not what you wear. It's not what you drink. It's not what you, you, where you live. The main thing that Jesus punches you with at the end is he says, seek ye first the kingdom. Seek my kingdom. That's your purpose. Seek righteousness. That's your purpose. And Jesus is saying, you focus on your purpose, the provision I'll take care of. And maybe that's why you're so worried. You're not in this enough to know that provision comes when you get in this. You haven't been in this. Peripherals and provision didn't come. And then you're worried. God's not going to honor his word. God ain't moving in my life. Then I question, are you in this? Because he promised if you're in this, provision and peripherals will come. Jesus is saying, focus on that. You focus on that, God will clear it all up, I promise you. But I guarantee you this, wholeheartedly, when you put other things ahead of God, then your whole life will be blurred. Let me say that again, Cheryl, because I don't think they, I mean, I just need to preach to you. When you put other things ahead of God, your life will be blurred. If you don't bring Him into your decisions, your decisions will be blurred. You don't bring Him into your marriage, your marriage will be blurred. If you don't bring Him into your pocketbook, your finances will be blurred. Are you hearing me? When you don't bring Him in... Through the word and through prayer, life will be blurred. And the problem is, is sometimes we love the provision. Sometimes we love what we think is our purpose more than we actually love the provision and purpose giver. You'll live a blurred and out of focus life if you put other things above him. And I believe that God has brought many of you to Northfield Church, some of you brand new today, because He wants to bring focus back to your life in 2020. Many people come to churches for the new year because they realize they haven't used their central intelligence weapon in 2019. So they run to the church looking for answers. Your answer is your power is in your mind and use your mind. Because just like the lion's teeth and just like the eagle's wings and just like the cheetah's legs and just like the elephant's weight, if you are worried and anxious about things that only God can fix, it will paralyze your power because it will paralyze your mind. That's why Jesus said, see, watch this. Look, look, look at this. I love this. See how the flowers of the field grow. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. Think about that. The flowers did it without paint. The flowers did it without the Bible. Jesus says without even laboring. Sign me up for that. 
They did it ultimately by trusting and believing. And I think that's the higher principle in this text. That if you trust God, if you believe God, and if you're ready for a better 2020, God is saying, focus on me and my word, and I'll give you things in 2020 that you never even worked for, and you never even expected. Come on and give Him praise in this prayer. That's why he says, seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given. Somebody say given. They'll be given to you as well. 2020 is not just the year. Write this down. Number one is focus. Or actually, number one, power is in your mind. Number two is focus. Number three for you, for the word for 2020, is addition. Addition. If you follow his commands, seek first. His kingdom and His righteousness. All these things, I might say it, will be... Well, it says given. But yeah, added. That's good. That's good. 2019 has felt like a year of subtraction. But if you get this word in your spirit, 2020 will be the year of addition. It will be the year of addition. And for some of you in this room, as the musicians come... Honey, that's why the devil fought you in 2019. You know why? Somebody say 2020. What's 2020? Perfect vision, baby. And that's the word from the Lord. Have perfect vision on me. We are here in 2020. I believe it's the year of focus. And when we focus, the promise will be addition. You focus on Him. You mark my word. You do what I say right now. You start focusing on him every day for 2020. If you come to me and say you're a liar, I'll look back at you and say you're a liar because God does not go back on his promises. His word is yes and amen. You follow it to the T. And what you're going to bring me at the end of 2020 is look what the Lord has done. Look at all of this that he's... Yeah, it might have been hard. Yeah, this might have broke down. Yeah, I might have went through struggles and trials. But look at all that it adds up to. God has been so good to me. As I was praying for you, God told me to tell somebody in this room, you've been up under attack. You've been worried. You've been stressed out. You've been anxious. But if you just learn in 2020, like my wife did, is just to praise him in the storm, he will open up the windows of heaven. I'm talking about when you are up under stress and worry and all hell has broken loose in your life, I dare you to praise him in the midst of that. I dare you to tell him how worthy he is in the midst of that. Because understand the enemy only sends trouble in your life to shut down your praise. And when it shuts down your praise, it destroys your peace. But no matter what you're going through, open up those lips and praise them. Listen, if you focus on what God needs, He needs time in prayer with you. 
not to change the world. He just wants to talk to you. He wants to hear from his daughter. Some of you in here, you've got a son or a daughter that hasn't talked to you for years. How do you feel? He doesn't need your prayer to change the world. He just needs your prayer because he wants to talk. He needs your praise. Not because it makes him bigger. It makes him bigger in you. And he needs you to read his diary to where he can tell you everything about you and everything that he is to you. So I would ask you, if you focus on what God needs, or I would tell you, he will focus on what you need. But there is absolutely no need for God to focus on what you need if you spend all your time focusing on what you need. Let that sink in. That's why Jesus says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. If you focus on what he told you to do, he'll focus on what you ask him to do. That's tweetable. If you focus on what he told you to do, he will then start focusing on what you ask him to do. But if you're here, Staying up all night long, watching out for you, why should he watch out for you? If you're going to open up doors for you, why should he open up doors for you? If you're going to try to protect yourself, why should he guard your mind and heart and protect you? So to sum it all up, God is not telling us so much to be irresponsible and not worry. He's really focusing on how. Because see, when we focus on negative faith, this ain't going to work. People like me don't deserve something like this. If I get it, I'm going to lose it anyway. I always do. No. When you focus on the word, the Bible says faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. What you're saying to yourself, it's either bringing faith or destruction. When you get into the word and you focus on him, it brings faith either into focus or I'll ignore him and faith goes out of focus. Listen, if confession by faith bring salvation to my life then negative confession brings destruction to my life we'll back that up with scripture pastor Proverbs 6 2 you can look it up you are snared by the words of your mouth you are snared by the words of your mouth I love you but you'll only go down in 2020 because of you and not God. If everyone in this room is saying, you're pretty, you got this, you can do this. This is what I recommend you do, go and do this. And then you go home and go, I'm ugly. I can't do this. I ain't going to listen to that pastor. He don't know my life anyway. You know what you do? You cancel out everything that was said over your life. 
People come to me for wisdom all the time. And I, I, I rarely say this, but I always think it. Wisdom rejected is not easily regained. You come to me for wisdom and you walk out and do exactly the opposite. You might be canceling out something my wisdom is bringing to you. So I would, if if I were a betting man, which I'm not, I bet you there are blessings that you should have had in 2019, but you canceled them out with your mind. You canceled them out with your mind. They were in storage in heaven for you, but they could not be released to you by the power of God because you talked yourself out of what God had for you and you talked it out all inside of your mind. To all the ladies in the room and to some of the men, anybody else that talked to you the way that you talked to yourself, you would beat them up. Do you hear me? Why are you doing that? You have allowed a terrorist to come into your mind. And the reason the enemy can sit back in 2020 and not really fight you hard is because the terrorist in your mind is already destroying you. And the Lord wants you to stop terrorizing yourself. Maybe that's point four. I don't even know where I'm at. But maybe the Lord is telling you, stop terrorizing yourself in 2020. Stop sabotaging your success. Stop speaking negativity and worry into your spirit because you're canceling out what the gracious, merciful, heavenly Father wants to give you. So 2020 is about focus. It's about addition. It's about stop sabotaging your blessing. Focus on your purpose rather than your person and rather than your problems. And if you would take all of that negative power where you beat yourself up, I'm not this and I'm not that and I can't do this and I can't do that. I don't like this and I don't like that. If you would focus all that negative power to positive confession of the word of God, you could change your life forever in 2020. I got 10 minutes. Watch this, watch this. God used Moses' mouth to deliver all of the Hebrews from Egypt. Right? God used Moses' mouth to deliver all of the Hebrews from Egypt. And... Moses stuttered. Think about it. This is not about how you talk. This is about what starts in your mind first and how you think and then what comes out of your lips. If you think right in 2020, you can utilize the power of your mind to change your direction. I close with this. The Bible says, can any one of you worry by adding a single hour to your life? When you worry, you're literally thoughtless. Because worry is to rehearse a problem over and over and over again that has absolutely no solution. 
Anxiety is where you keep on thinking on the same thing over and over and over and over again that has absolutely no resolution. So when you do worry, you don't have a clear head. But when you don't worry, you have a clear head and a clear head is ready to receive the light. It's ready to receive the word. So for every time you worried, for every second you had anxiety, understand that is a second, that is a minute, that is an hour, that is a day, that is a night that the enemy stole from you. He stole it right from you. Because none of that worry added a single thing to your life and the enemy was robbing from you. Worry is a tactic of the enemy. He uses it to rob moments out of your life. He'll use it to stop you from escaping anxiety. And when worry and anxiety marry each other, it attacks your health. Everybody calls this a hickey. It's not a hickey. It's a skin disease inherited from my father by Haley Haley. And it's either brought on when I've scratched myself or worried. So anytime you see me break out, you pray for your pastor. Because he's worried about something. So I struggle with this text. But I realize if the enemy gets me to worry, he's trying to poison my body. And some of you in 2019 have been living up under a spirit of worry and unfortunately it has been ingrained in you through your family your daddy was a warrior your mama was a warrior and you watched them as a child of how they responded to challenges and they worried and it has now become the way that you function in society and since they lived in fear you are now operating in worry Worry is a spirit, and it's got to be broken. That spirit will tie up your mind, and when your mind is tied up, you'll lose your power. You may have stuff, but you've lost your happy. You may have a good family, but you've lost your happy. You might have walked in here with brand new clothes from Christmas, but you've lost your happy. Today, through communion, God wants to tear down that wall. The Bible says this is the meal that heals. And I believe He's going to heal many of you from the chains that are dragging behind you of worry and anxiety. Healing is in this room because He's healing me of it. And I'm bound and determined with all of you to stop the enemy in 2020 from worrying us to death. Are you hearing me today? Would you stand all over this place? Those of you who walked in this room, there are two ordinances in the church that prove that you're a Christian. One is baptism in water. The second one is communion. They don't have to go hand in hand. Doesn't mean you have to be baptized first before you take communion or take communion first before you are baptized. It's, it's an outward sign that I've given my life to Jesus Christ. So before we open up this table and allow you to partake of communion, I want to know, is there anybody in here that doesn't have a relationship with Jesus? Because if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, I understand your life is out of focus. 
And when your life is out of focus, the story that's being written is not a good one. But the Bible says he's the author and the perfecter of our faith, and he wants to rewrite your story. If you've walked in this place before we open up this altar to partake of communion and the spirit of worry to be broken, if you have not given your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, but you want to today, would you raise your hand and say, that's me, Pastor. Anybody in this room want to give my life to Jesus Christ? I want to make it right with him. I'm not asking you to join a church. I'm asking you to join the kingdom. If you don't have a church, this is a great one to be at. But if you're just visiting, get in a church. Anybody in this room, I want to give my life to Jesus. As the saints are praying and the Spirit's moving around, just going to give the time for the Holy Ghost to minister to your heart. Anybody here? Pastor, I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. That's you. Raise your hand up high where I can see it. Amen. Since we're all saved folks, everybody's a participant of communion. Here's what I'll do. I'll take my communion. For those of you that are brand new with us, it's just come out of your seat and you'll get it. You can go off to the side and pray. You can kneel at the altar. You can go back to your pew and pray. But a couple of things you need to make sure of. First, you need to know what it's about. It's about the broken body of Jesus Christ that by his stripes we are healed. It's about the blood of Jesus Christ and the shedding of the blood that he has separated all of my sins as far as the east is from the west and he holds them against me no more. He's covered me. I am justified. I have peace with God. And then what I do is I, I, I take it and I'm like, Lord, forgive me of all of my sins because I want to take it in a worthy manner. Anything known and unknown, forgive it. And I, I pray that. Anything known and unknown. There may be something, I may have offended somebody by looking at you sideways, and now you're offended, you don't like me. That's unknown to me, but Lord, just forgive that. And help that person to come to me and say that they're offended because I looked at them crossed. Whatever. I want to make sure I'm right before I take this because I want to take it in a worthy manner. And then because I hold this body that was broken for my healing, I go, God, as I take this bread, heal me of the spirit of worry. Heal me of the spirit of anxiety. Break it off of my life. Anything that's hanging on from my family, break it off in Jesus' name. Let's end the service this way by taking communion and praying. I'm not going to call you out. Everybody's going to come up here. If you are a worry wart and full of anxiety, ask God to heal you of it. Tell him I want to focus on you. I want to see the year of addition. And I want to use my mind because my mind is my power. God, I ask you to bless these elements. Bless the people that take it. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you come and partake?